Hierdie inzet word aan jou gebring met die komplimente van Radio Kaapse Kansel 729 AM. Besoek ons gerus by www.kyppulpit.co.za Dit is een groot voorrug om saam met jou te keier vandag. Baie dankie dat jy ingeskakel is by Radio Kaapse Kansel. Ons gaan vandag daar een voorrug draai maak en ek gaan vir jou so'n bykie meer daarvan vertel na afloop van die muziek. Gaan ek jou bekendstel aan die mense. Vore is een woongebied net so skuins achter Kuilsrivier, soos die kraaivleeg, en dis hier waar ek Gilma vandag kom keier. Spesifiek dan ook by the Ark City of Refuge, wat sedert in 1992 al hier gevestig is. Sedert hulle ontstaan, is daar reeds 35.000 mense wat in en uit by hierdie dorpie as het ware sy hekke geloop het. Die hoofdoel van hierdie organisatie is om christen gebaseerde opleiding te bied, levenstoeristing en allermeer belangrik om mense te leid na die Heere toe. Hulle missie is ook om Jesus te verheerlik in alles wat hulle doen. Hier is een groot kombinatie van dienste wat aangebied word op hierdie perseel. Hier is een geregistreerde laarskool en hoerskool, graad 1 tot 9, kres, seens en dochterstehuis, een manstuiste, Enkel vrouwe en enkel mamas word hier gehuisvest. Dan is hier ook het dwellem en alcoholrehabilitatie in die restauratiecentrum, wat getitel is New Jerusalem. Hier is ook werkswinkels waar een opleiding aangebied word en dan word mense gehelp om in werksverskaffings geplaatst te word. So hier is ook een kantoor daarvoor. It's a wonderful privilege for me to be here at ARC today and I'm sitting here with Pastor Judy Denation. And you are one of the founders from the original ARC, and uh, you are also now heading the rehabilitation facilities here at the ARC. We're sitting here in their lounge with the cats and the dogs and the whole family here with a nice cup of coffee. So welcoming. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to spend some time with you guys. I know that you are busy. It's a process that you uh, don't want to be interrupted. And thank you for making time to speak to me. Pastor Judy, where did it all start? Back really began in the free state believe it or not. <laughs> and um, we actually were on a farm in Boltfontein. That was our first place. And it was very hard because we had a bath in a river. We had no lights, no... It was very difficult. And then from there we got another farm and then that farmer kicked us off in another farm. And then after quite a while, uh, I decided I'm going to come through to Durban, being a Durbanite. And we came through, and then we started at Joe's Snooker in Durban. It was a, a snooker building, and we managed to get that. And um, then from there, we got the big arc building. It was the uh, the dock workers' building, two blocks long and one block wide. And there we had, well, many, many people in there at one time, over nearly a 1,000 people at one time. And then I decided and my late husband, that I should come to Cape Town and see what was going on. Because we'd hear so much about Cape Town and the streets. And I came up here, and amazing things happened when we came up here. Because the first person we went to visit was the mayor of Cape Town. And um, lots of things happened. A miracle even happened with him while we were fellowshipping with him. And um, today he's... You know, he's a lovely man. He always was a lovely man, but he knows much about the ark. He helped us a lot. 
And then um, it just turned out that we just met people, talking to people and that, whatever, in the street. And then then um, we, we went into the government and we said we wanted the old Westlake Hospital. It was like derelict in those days. And we got it. And like a miracle happened and we got it. And um, the guy just signed. And he shouldn't have signed or something, and yet he did, and we got this building. And we moved in, and then it was from there we came here. Now, when we say here, it's in Fora. It's a beautiful little village with a tarred road that we walked down right to the bottom where we are here now. And as described, apparently it was like pigsties and, and just a gravel area where the, the building that we're sitting in is actually situated, obviously made possible with donations from people. Please tell us about uh, this facility in New Jerusalem. Well, my daughter said, Mom, you better start a drug centre here because actually that's my part of the ministry, mainly. And um, there were only garages here, well, like rooms, but there was no front and there was just sand on the floor. And they said that's all they have for this, you know, for us, if we can make do with it. And we did. We put blankets up on the wall and whatever is a door. And um, they had to sleep on the, on the sand on the floor. And from there, God just provided. Every day there was something just about that, you know, somebody would bring us bags of cement or something like that. And uh, we built this place up on our own. We can say that the addicts here have done it, the cupboards in the passage, the tiles on the floor. They've sort of got together, haven't they? And they've done a wonderful job, yes. And I must say it's gone far. You know, it's gone really far. Because over the years we've had quite a few people in, haven't we, now? And um, it's got bigger and it's got well-known. So, Noel Dormans? Now we're chatting to you as well. The challenges of being in this position, rehabilitating tough guys, what are they? Well, these guys come in here, they don't know about God. They don't know about having jobs. They don't know how to live proper lives. That's why this is not actually a rehabilitation center. It's a restoration center. Because rehabilitation means that there's lots of rehabilitation centers out there and it doesn't seem to be working. But as the Bible says, with men things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we are here to restore them to a vital relationship with God. Without God, they never can, their lives will never change. Because they, it's impossible for them to change without God. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get them into a relationship with God. The program is here to, so that they can also learn to have discipline and focus in their lives. You know? Because they're not used to getting up in the mornings. You know, so yeah, it's up past five in the morning, they have to be out of bed. They have to devote some time to God in the morning, either by a Jericho march or a prayer meeting. Then they have to do little duties or things, you know, cleaning up and things like that. Then it's back to devotions again before breakfast. So it's the whole thing revolves around God. We have the problem of people coming in here because they have to, because their parents made them come, because of circumstances. God uses those circumstances to get them here, but they have to accept. If they don't accept, we can only take them so far. Because if we didn't get a second chance, where would have we have been? Because I myself was a drug addict. I was myself in the program here. Everybody was in the program. You know, even our, every member of staff here was in the program. We know where these guys come from. We know the difficulties they have also, so we can counsel them on that also, you know. Because 
most of the guys are coming out of the, what you might call out of the, the townships, Mannenberg, Hanover Park, Umfalene, yeah. So they, we know that these guys, there's no work in those areas, so they turn to gangsterism, to drugs, to stealing, you know. So we know all these problems. I think it makes it a little bit easier for us to, to connect with them on that level. But like I said, without God, this is the first priority, uh, it is God, you know, try and get them into that relationship with God, bring them back into uh, that the vital relationship. I always tell them they came here because they had a hole in themselves. They got a hole, you know, and they filled that hole with drugs, alcohol, whatever. But it's a God-sized hole. And you can't fill that hole. God is the only one that can fill the hole, you know. God holds the universe in his hands. And you're trying to fill it with worldly things, you know? The rehabilitation itself, your program is unique in the sense that it's totally God-based and no counselors per se or drug prescriptions, etc. You just maintain whatever they bring in with them. It's almost too simple to believe that it works. But what do you see happening? It, it does work. And like I said, we have problems with guys not accepting, you know, because they were forced basically to be here. But what I do see is the ones that, that want to be here, that have made that decision that there is something wrong with me. I do need to change. I do need help. Those ones, you see them from day one that they, they're eager. They have their problems. They're going to fall back and get angry and fight use bad language and all of these things. But you can see the difference between the one that wants to be and the one that is here because mommy made him come. So you can see the, how can I say, you can see him feeding on the word. He takes it in, or he, she, you know, you see girls also doing it. But I know with the boys because I work with the boys, so I'm going to talk about the boys. You can see him taking it in. You can see him drinking. He, he, he doesn't get enough. Always asking questions. Always wanting to learn more. You know, and that's the one that's gonna make it on the outside. He's the one that you see come back here a couple of months later, a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of years later even, and tell us, you know, this is how his life is going. He's married now. He's in ministry. A lot of them are in ministry now. Those that left here and really wanted to change, and that's what keeps us going also. Those guys, you know, you see, no, I didn't make a difference. Even if it's one in a hundred, you still made a difference. And that is what's going to keep this place so going. How long is this whole program that you offer? The program lasts for six months. It's broken down into three sections. It's an elementary stage, a discipleship stage, and an outreach stage. And in each three stages, they, they do different things. You know, their work is different. Their classes are different. As they go along, we also give them more responsibility so that they can also learn about responsibility and learn how to garner some respect in their lives also, you know. Because I always tell them that um, the respect is not, uh, you don't demand respect, but you command respect. Because you can't make people respect you if you're not acting in a certain way, if you're not living your life in a certain way. doesn't mean that you've been so far into the program or so far into life doesn't mean that people are going to respect you. You need to command respect. The program is very difficult also. This is a discipleship school. The harder you work for something, the more you're going to appreciate what you have. So if you have to work hard to finish this program, 
maybe you're just a little scared not to come back here ever again, you know, come back to the program. But I've been through this program and I know it can be done and I know it works. You've got a long waiting list. So how do you work with people that you know don't want to be here and probably are not going to really recoup and, and, and get with the program necessarily? Why do you keep them here? Well, we keep them here because... You can't say that he's not going to accept it. He might on the last day of his program realize, listen, I am. I had one year. I had one year. He's going to come back as a staff member. His whole program, he was on the wrong side of things, always in trouble, always being disciplined, everything. And I spoke to him and I asked him, you said he wants to come back. I said, why do you want to come back? I don't want you back. You've been in trouble since the day you came here. And he says, no, but I want to change. I need to change. You see, so, I mean, the night before, he was, he had a discipline. You know, they usually sit on a bunkie and have to reflect on what they did, what, why they're sitting on that bunkie. And he was sitting, and I told his father even, last night he was sitting on the bunkie, and today he wants to come back. So he said, no, he has to change. He himself, not his father. And, and that's why, I mean, it could be on his last day that he accepts. And then, it, you know, so, and even if they don't accept, I mean, the word is a seed, and if that seed is planted, it might not take root here, but it might take root somewhere else. How does it work when somebody comes to you for rehabilitation? What is the process? Well, the process is that they hear about us through word of mouth on Facebook, on internet or whatever. And then they, they phone us up and we give them an appointment to come see the, the counsellor and the intake officer. And they have an interview with him, you know. So that basically that is for, so that they know what they're in for when they do come. Let's just have a little a chat with them and show them what the place looks like so that there's no surprises when they do come. And after that, they have to phone our counsellor. Because we are a, a faith-based ministry, we don't phone out. We let them phone us. So the moment there's place, you know, you phone maybe a couple of times, you phone the counsellor a couple of times, and one day he's going to say, there's a bed open, bring him tomorrow. You know, and then they bring him. Um, once he's in, he's got a couple of days from three to a, three days to a week where what we call the dry out period where it's just you know he can come to terms with where he is and all of that things and then his program starts um in the program we give them about say say three or four weekend passes you know so that they can but that's only after two months once he's been here for two months we give him a chance to go out for the weekend you know and spend some time with his family and everything like that but every time they come back we do <coughs> test them you know, make sure that they haven't been smoking on the outside or anything. If they have been smoking, then sometimes they get sent home, depending on who it is, you know. Sometimes they get sent home, sometimes they have to restart the program, you know, from the beginning again. But if they do restart, then they won't get to uh, go home again. That would be no more going home until maybe in your outreach again. After like five or six months, maybe then you'll get to go home again. You talk about the outreach. What is that all about? Well, the outreach, that's the last phase in the program. What we're trying to do with them is we want them to be able to go out and spread the gospel. But what we do, because we just figure that there is people here that needs outreach. There are guys in the dry outs. There are guys in the disciple that's only here a week that is missing their children, their parents, they. You know, they are a little nervous here because there are some characters here also. So we use them to, you know, just to make it more comfortable for these guys, you know. 
making sure the outreach of the guys that say, okay, do you have food? Do you have this? Do you have soap? Do you have, um, you know, make sure that the guy feels comfortable, that he knows he's got friends, he's got brothers here that is going to stand for him. So that's why we, that's what the outreach is for you. Almost like um, welcoming them into the gang for Christ. Yes, correct, yeah. <laughs> Where do they stay? The dormitory is right at the back here. If you just go around the corner, you'll see the dormitory. There is one big dormitory for the students. There are, let me see, six rooms and there are seven in a room. And that's the, the amount of students we have. That's now accepting our students that we have at the security because some of them get chosen out if you see that you can be a little responsible so that because those guys actually do work. It's like a normal security job, you know. They work either in the mornings or they work night shift or stuff like that. It's quite hard by security, so we take the more promising ones to work by security so that because they're closer to the gate anyways, you know. They may just run out there. Well, I was impressed when I arrived here this morning by the um, just the eloquent language the guys used and the way the professional way I was received. I actually thought it was an outside company. <laughs> I really did. No, those are our disciples. Those are all disciples of New Jerusalem, and they are our probably the best. You know. You mentioned that you were part of the system. Would you like to share your testimony with me? I was on drugs for a long time. I used to smoke crack cocaine. The reason I came is because I had a son and I didn't want him to be ashamed of me. And that's the reason I came. That's not the reason I stayed, though, because um, glory to God, I'm giving back what I received. If it wasn't for God, then I would have probably been dead now. So now I am giving back what I received. And I received the word here and I received life here. And I just want to give back. Actually, I'm, I'm what you might call the black sheep of the family because none of my family do drugs. They all have, you know, good jobs, their own plows, you know, homes and everything. Like that. So I'm the black sheep of the family. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my uh, circumstances and my uh, environment because we grew up in a good home. It is my fault. It's friends and the wrong choices. I can't blame my circumstances. My circumstances didn't bring me to that point. It's all, it is only my decisions that brought me to that point where I was in my life. When you're young and in your 20s and teens and things like that, you do stupid things and you surround yourself with stupid people. But when I came here, I didn't want to be here because I already stopped for a couple of months. I hadn't smoked in a couple of months when I came here. So I didn't want to be here. My family found out about it, and then they made me come, forced me to come, you see. So when they said there was working projects, you know, I thought they were going to do, um, like, pottery and things like that. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to actually make me work, you know. But I'm glad for it, though, because without that, without that discipline, I had no discipline in my life because I had good jobs, you know. I worked in... In laboratories, I worked in shops, I, worked, I, was, I had good jobs, I had my own flat, my own car, all of these things. But it doesn't count for much. Those things actually did come easy for me. And like I said earlier, easy come, easy go. But I'm glad I'm here now. And I don't see myself anywhere else. I made a decision. You know, I chose. I saw, I mean, after, not after my program, in my program, I saw the, the difference. And not having accepted the Lord yet... But I saw the difference in my life as it was then, you know. I've been in the program now for about two months, 
And I saw the difference already, man, you know. And I wasn't even saved. I was just under God's grace. I was under his roof. And because of that, his blessings were already falling onto me. Like I said, I made a decision. And I think anybody that makes that becomes saved should it should be a decision. It shouldn't be about how you feel, because your feelings change, you know. Your feelings are circumstantial. You wake up in the morning, you're angry for no reason. So it's not about feelings, it's about, you know, a decision. And I made that decision. I could see, man, I could see that benefits of it. There's no uh, downside to it. You know, they can only, only good can come from it. Only the, the Bible says that all things work to the good of those that love him. So there's, there's no downside. Anybody out there that's on drugs and those family members that have you know, parents here, the mothers and fathers with children that is on drugs, I tell, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, it might sound harsh, but I'm going to say don't baby him. Don't become an enabler. You're not helping him by giving him what he wants. If you have to, put him out. Don't let him live under your roof. Don't let his drug problem become your drug problem. He needs to change, and he needs to first of all realize that he needs to change. He must know that he has a problem. And if you can, you will phone us here, and if you go through the procedures, you'll get him in you, you will get him in here, and with God's help, he will change. Our number, you contact our number is 021-8433-927. And we always here. Baie dankie dat jy saam met my kaie reel in die pad met Gilma. Ons is in Vore en dit is een uh, lieflike gemeenskap hier van die ark. Hier werk die jere. En is dit een voorrecht om naar die verskillende afdelings toe te stap en jou saam te neem en in te val daarin te sien hoe die Heere net eenvoudig hierdie mensens levens omdraai, hoe hulle passievol is oor dit wat hulle doen, en baie glimlachte ook tussenin. Ons was in die vrouwkeer gewees, so ja, rarig waar interessant om die verskillende aspekte daarvan te sien. En daar is daarom altyd een kat of een hond ook, ergens, soos jy sal hoor. Ek is nou hier by die aak vandag en ek is nou op die oomlik hier in die kamer waar die rekreasie gedoen word en ek het so twee manne hier by my wat bezig is om baie vernuftig uit materiaal kleren te maak. Ek gesels met Bjorn Dolf. Bjorn, hoe lang is jy al hier by die aak? Ek is nou al vir 6 maanden al by die aak. Die aak het my leven baie verander van ek is die mens wat ek gewas het voor jy nie. Ek het die heren het my hart kom verander. Ek is een beter mens, jy te maak. Ek het die hele omdraai gemaakt van wat ek was tot wat ek vandag is. Wel, jy, jy het nou nog een rukkie om te gaan hier by die aarke. Nou, nou het jy intussen so'n nieuwe vernuftigheid aangeleer. Ja. Wat is jy mee bezig hier? Ek is bezig om een treksuitbroek te maak nou. En hoe gaan, hoe gaan hierdie vaardighede wat jy nou hier leer vir jou voorin toe help? Um, dit sal my baie help om miskien aan een job te kom, aan een teile. Miskien ek in een teile wees en... Ek kan baie dinge doen, maar nie ding wat ek nou aanleef. Is dit iets wat jy al vroeger aangedink het? Of is dit een nieuwe veld wat nou vir jou opgaan? Is iets heel te maas niets. As ek vir een dag vir jou vraag om vir mens naar buiten iets te sê, mense wat dalk nog op een plek is waar hy nog nie besluit gemaakt het vir die heren? Of... Ek sal sê dat uh, die beste ding wat jy kan besluit in jou leven is om my heren aan te neem in jou leven van. As jy die heren het in jou leven, kan net goeie goede vir jou gebeur. Nee, is die ding. Ek het ook vir Juby hier by my, Juby Kansetano. 
Sy is die oorsiener hier by die werkswinkel. In die achtergrond kan jy hoor hoe die machine aan die gang is. Het was ek ruim donatie gewees en is bezig hier so vandag. Is net materiaal en snijers en alles. Ek is baie beindruk met die manne wat jy nou hier ingetrek het vandag. Wat sien jy gebeur as mense nou, vooral mans, is nie algemene ding vir klomp manne nie. Wat sien jy gebeur hier so? Um, hier gebeur eindelijk baie wat jy uitkryd hulle uit. Daar is baie dinkies wat hulle wegsteek en terughou en as jy vir hulle hier een goeie kies gee om te doen, dan bring hulle alles uit. Hulle is hulle self en jy weet, is lekker met hulle te werk. Hulle genoeg dit. Daar is nie altyd werk nie, so dit is waar ons begin met hulle. So ons kyk hier van na voren toe en ek geloof hulle sal ek sukses maak. Jou boodskap vir mense daar buiten, jy sien baie dinge gebeur, jy sien hoe mense kan verander. Wat sal dit wees? Ek sal sê, geloof en hou vast wat jy het, en jy kan nie die beste maak van niks. Dat hang van jouself af, belangstelling in jouself, as jy geloo in jouself, ga jy geloo in wat jy doen, en dit is al hoe jy een sukses daarvan gaat maak. Jy is eigenlijk baie goed toegeris hier, jy het een klomp machine, verskillende maakmachine, maar industriele machine, hoe het die jylle werkswinkel opzet tot stand gekom? Ja, dit was een donatie gewees, en Dit is ook om ons besluit het om iets te maak daarvan. So ons hou aan om die mense te leer en soos hulle uitgaan naar buiten kan, kan hulle naar werk en stap en so aan. Maak jylle ook van hierdie uh, spasie gebruik, ek sien hier vreselijk baie materiale en goeders om goed vir die ark te maak? Ja, ons doen die gardijne vir die ark, ons doen pedagoed vir die ark, ons maak taanskleren vir die kinders, as daar enige concerte opkom of so. Enig iets wat hulle nodig het wat sowing betref doen ons. Kelvin, you also here in the sewing room. How did you land up here? I I landed up here in the sewing room because I had a drug problem, and I came to the Ark because of my drug addiction, and I just came here to get off drugs. But and little did I know that the Ark is a recovery home, like for Christians. They teach you about God, so that is how I ended up here. How did that transformation influence your way of thinking? No longer do I think that I need to make my own plans to go and get money, to go and steal, and to do things that I did that got me into trouble in the past. But now I came to the Ark and I landed up in the skills section where they're teaching us how to do woodwork. And today, as you can see, I'm here in the sewing room where we are taught how to sew and make different things. So now I'm thinking that I can go and study and I can do something to better my future. In my position as a born-again Christian, we must be an encouragement to men and women, young men and women that don't know God because I'm from Lente here, Mitchell's Plain, and gangsterism and drug addiction is so much there that God is non-existent. So my encouragement is that don't give up on those people that need God. We need to be the light in the world and we need to take God to them. Ek gesels nou ook met Lennart Reiters, hy is bezig om een swaard broek met syke strepe, ek weet nie wat precies jy doen nie, hy is like as weer binding snij. Hoe het jy hier beland? Ek, uh, ek, was, ek is van Delft, um, ek was op Draksjewies en, en een dag het ek net toe kom, was sê genoeg is genoeg en die heer het my weer my hart geraak en het my gezien, na hierdie plek toe gestie. En soos ek hier gekom het, het ek hier gebied wat ek en ek soek hier nie. En so het ek die heren aanvaar in my leven en die heren het baie wonderlijke dinge gedoen. Het my familie weer teruggebring, het weer my kind, dat ek my dochtertje weer kan sien. En ek het baie geleer en nie wat ek nou is om my sowing te is, ek nog nooit, want my ma was my maak en machines en ek het het nie gelijk sien so nie, maar nou ek, ek, ek kom like sit nou en ek en is, is baie na aan my en ek sal het like sien om te doen na buiten ook, ook eendag as ek uitgaan. Hoe lang het jy nog om te gaan voordat jy die wereld daar buiten kan en die oor is daar? 
ikita promos ka makan ko dat iksano ka dria blay ani replik en asya tukum siya for maya baita tan sale kan para baita en sen en sen nam kroot kan maka baita pa di mensa bati for kroot kene so jy het eigenlijk de drie jaar om hierdie kunst wat jy nou aangeleer het te bemeester, so is een groot verantwoordelijkheid, nee? Ja, is een groot verantwoordelijkheid en is baie, as jy moet baie noutvat en concentreert wat jy hiervoor is, hoekom, as nie net die wat jy moet concentreert, jy moet concentreert aan, aan die man van boe wat vir jou uitgehaal het in die donkertheid en vir jou geplaas het in die lichaam. Um, waar ek wil dinge recht maak is, sam met my familie, um, ek wil so graag weer een paas en my dochtertje, vir my meisjekin. En hier wat ek is, het die heren vir my geplaas hier met een klomp familie en een klomp broers en sisters en ek het soekom lief geraak vir hierdie plek dat ek sal wel hier blij vir my rest van my leven en sal week vir die ministerie en daar is het my hartse begeerte is eendag. is so lekker om hier aan tafel um, te sit by Elise Harmse, sy is die monitor van Vrylkeer. Die Vrylkeer by de Aak, hoe, hoeveel mense is hier en, en na wie sien julle om? Op die oomlik het ek ons is 10. Elise, jou betrokkenheid by de Aak, specifiek? Dit is eigenlijk wat die Heer op my hart geplaas het om in Vrylkeer te werk. Toe werk vir een jaar en een half is so, en my um, soek al drie jaar is wat al die saal oorlede is in my sorg en dit is my bykie geraak en toe uh, word ek oorgeplaas naar die ene dom toe vir een rikkie en dus daar ander twee monitors wat die so werk en toe die hulle ook hier gelos en toe vraag baas hulle heeft my of ek sal terugkom hier so dus ek van ja, ek sal ek sal hier naartoe kom en hulle het op my hart geleek, soms is het moeilik maar so sê die Heere geef jou die kracht om het te doen en dit is een christelike ministerie en <laughs> jy moet maar humbel wees en net doen wat jy moet doen. En mens moet maar net eindelijk bidden bly. Dit is wat hierdie plek vir my so speciaal maak. Jylle is een haven vir mense wat, wat hierdie wereld verstoot is, maar dier God aangeneem is. So hy geef hulle een nieuwe familie. Wat sal jou boodskap wees? Die mense daar buiten kan, dit hulle eie opinie oor die ark. Maar hulle moet net besef, een mens weet nooit nie. Dat, hulle kan miskien enig in die selfde posi- um, situasie sit. Wat moet hulle doen? Hulle het geen heenkome nie, niks nie. Wat moet hulle doen? En die mense daar buiten kan het een negative attitude omtrend die ark. Oor wat hulle alles gehoor het al van die ark. Maar as hulle hulle self plaas in die ark, daar gaan hulle miskien een verskil van mening he. Ek bedoel, um, die heren kan miskien vir hulle ark toebring en dan net hulle oor oopmaak om te sien wat die ark nou eindelijk reirig wel is. Dit, dit is die heren wat het moet doen, ons kan het nie doen nie en mense um, daar buiten kan weet nie hoe die heren werk nie. Die heren werk in wijs wat ons nie kan verstaan nie. en soms met ons vraag, maar hy weet van beter, hy het ons gemaakt. Kijk, die ark het rules, maar die rules is om ons te beskerm. Want ons, ons, as ons daar buiten kind gaan, wat gaan gebeur? Ons val in tikken, of alcohol. Die ark het ook een drakkebiosente daar so. Die roos, dit is streng roos, maar dit is vir ons eie beskerming. En die heren het verpaas het jou die gebruik. En as daar nie ark was nie, waar so die mense vandag gewees het. En dit is so ook hoe die heren voorsien het. 
Hy het klaar geweet waar elke van ons gaan wees. En hy het geweet hoe hy van elke van ons gaan gebruik. En dis waar die mense nie daarbij te kan verstaan nie. Gaan jy die week na kerk toe? Is hulle dieren oop? En dis waar die elke so dieren oop is. Ek sê niks tegen die kerk daarbij te kan. Ek sê niks, hulle doen een wonderlijke werk. Maar wat van die mense wat verstoot is? Wat van die mense wat op die straten is? Daar is mense wat in gemeentes was daar buiten kind, wat nou op die strate is, en nie in die ark. Dit is een gemeente, dit is een familie, dit is een plek waar liefde is. As jy dit alles vir ons sê, vandag, hoe die Heere jou hier gebring by die ark? <laughs> ek het my werk verloor. Dit is dier my eie skuld. Ek het al pad saam met die Heere gestap, maar ek het rebel. Toe verloor ek my werk en... Dat is ook een lang story... Um, Ik denk die Heer het my na die ark toegebring om vir my te handel, want ek het nog baie trots in my. En die mense daar buiten kans is my eie familie. Hulle verstaan nie hoekom ek hier is nie. Vir hulle sien het, hulle sien het in een negative way hoekom ek in die ark is. Hulle kan het nie verstaan nie, maar ek laat die toe dat mense vir my omgee nie. Dis, dis vir my baie moeilik, wat in my kinderdag gebeur het, laat ek het nie toe nie. My paas dood, toe ek klein was, my ouse broer so leer aan vigs, Ek kan nog net een tweeling by die oor en sy naam is Jakku. My ma lewe nog. Maar um, die heer my lewe, hulle was nie en ek betrokke by my lewe nie. Die heren moes my ruk. Die ark was my, moes kom as sê, my laaste hoop. So as ek sê, as ek nou buiten kan toe gaan, dis nie probleem. My broers gesê, ek kan na hulle toe kom. Soos keir, as ek nou wel uitgaan vir een naakos, so my broers gesê, ek is enig tijd welkom, my maat gesê, ek is enig tijd welkom. Maar ek weet my... <laughs> <laughs> hulle verstaan nie, maar hy loop met die heren nie, en ons gaan bots. My broer wil nie, ek moet die so wees nie, my ma wil nie, ek moet die wees nie, en hulle verstaan nie hoe die heren met my wil werk nie. Ek bedoel, my begeerte is om een ministerie op te maak. Ek wil basis um, die ministerie, um, dit gee my kans om ook um, meer kennis op te doen. Um, daar is manstap uit die kind, wat soos kinderholesteerders man, en verkrachters, en die mans het probleme, en um, hulle word in die tronk gesit, of betuig, dat hulle, hulle krij nie eindelijk ordentelike behandeling, vir hulle issues nie, so, um, as die heren vir my kans wil, as die heren vir my kans gee, wil ek een ministerie oopmaak, en terwijl ons gesels is, nou het ons vir Ginger, en dis, Ginger was so saam gesels, maar dit lyk vir my asof die jere net hier kom, en, en selfs die dieren, want sy weet is vir jou moeilik om hier oor te praat, en ek het vroeger ook achtergekom, toe ek met um, Judy gepraat het, haar um, hond het daar gele, en, en terwijl ons gepraat het, oor getuinis het, die, het, het een van die damekies hartseer geraak, en het die hond absoluut opgestaan, en het kom probeer kamp het, En dis precies wat ek nou hier sien met Ginger. Het is vir jou moeilik om hier oor te praat en sy wil net kom sê, luister, is ok. Jy weet, ek is by jou. Het is wonderlik hoe die heren kom en ook dieren as deel van die retherapie gebruik, nee. Sorry, dieren is een groot blessing. As jy so buiten kan kyk en jy sien hoe mense dieren mishandel. En wat er nie besree met, is die skipping van die heren. Hy het dieren daar geplaas vir mense. Hier kry baie ouwers families wat nie kunnen zet nie en wat alleen is en dan neem hulle een hoenkie aan, of een kijkie, en het bring, dit bring een glimlig op hulle, in hulle gezicht, het. baie baie dankie, dat jy so bykie van jou hart met my gedeel het, en mag die Heere ook vir jou sien, ek glo hy sien jou hart, en hy daai droom in jou hart gele, 
en ek geloof dat hy dit tot vervulling gaan bring. En uh, dankie ook dat jy en Ginger vandag met ons gesels het. Ek denk die mense kan hoor hoe Ginger spin. On the way back, uh, we bumped into Brian Asip, who's eagerly on his way back to the rehabilitation session. Why did you come to the ARC originally? I came to the ARC because I needed help. The main reason is because I was a drug abuser. God has delivered me. I'm five years clean now, and I'm seeking his will now for my life. And every day is just lifting me up higher, higher, and I'm seeing more clearly now. And my aim of life is much more higher than ordinary lifestyle, seeking money, seeking worldly goods. I'm seeking now the human interest and I'm seeking to put my brother first before me. What do you do here at ARC at the moment? I do a lot of stuff. They use me for everything. I teach classes, basics of uh, foundation, 50 days. And I minister one-on-one to people that come in here, broken hearted like I came. I testify about my lifestyle. I'm found. I never knew the value of life until I met our God. And our God showed me the true value of life is seeking His will at all times. Not looking for out of your own interest first, but really uh, inwardly, changing on inwardly. When you look at a person, when you think of Him, you need to think of Him as God's creation. You need to think of Him as, as holy and start seeing people as valuable. To value, the main thing to value, financial gain over, to value relationship over financial gain. Because financial gain perishes and relationships can last forever. If it's a, from a sincere heart and it's, if it's genuine, there the power starts working. So you can start with us individually to start being genuine towards to God first so God can then allow us to be genuine to each other. Thank you. May you be blessed. Anna Krutsinger is ons laatste stop vandag. Sjoe, en sy is so passievol om te deel oor haar organisatie en ook hoe die Heere vir haar help om hierdie vrucht en groente te kweek, sonder chemikalie, basis farming God's way. My motive eindelijk, en my visie is om groter te gaan met die plaas, so dat ek ons arm mense wat buiten is, ook kan help, eenmaal een maand of so met een paar groentekies, maar die meeste van die kost gaan groente, jy so gaan na ons kitchen toe, ons het al een paar artepel, klonkeer artepels, kool, wortels, tomaties, so as my groente groei, so gaan het na ons kombuis toe, is a vision, is a vision wat die Heere vir my gegeen het, maar ek het love and passion vir groente, en ek het een bykie experience, nou nie baie nie, maar ek leer ook maar nog, maar wat ek hier so doen, en wat my mense saam met my doen, is so ons doen het met liefde, en ons sit alles in, en ons ran met ons vision wat ons het, en uh, as die Heere so wil is, gaan ons by die einde van die jaar, op by volgende jaar, een bykie groter, ons is klaar bezig daaronder, om groter te maak, ek het, ons het maandag, dinsdag, het ons oor die 420 aardappels al geplant. Ja, het is een miracle om te sien die goed groei in sulke grond wat ons het. Maar elke dag is het een blessing en die Heere gee net vir ons meer en meer en ek is lief vir die werk wat ek doen en ek is bezig om het worms ook te, te, te teel. Uh, my erdworms is ek bezig om te maak vir die plaas. So ek het al een paar ingesit in die grond en ek het gesien die verandering wat daar is. Ons doen het vir die liefde van die Heere en tot eer van die Heere en Nou, hoe het jy destijds in die ark beland? Uh, man, ek het in Durban ark uh, op die beach rondgeswerf met my kind. My kind was nog een baby en toe was daar damekie by die naam van Dorothy en haar man Henny het my daar gekry en vir my gevraag of ek hier wil ark toekom. Toe ek het so'n bykie geworse, want ek het nie geweet waar die plek is. He. Maar ek het gegaan, want ek het gevoel um, is miskien een doel vir my om te gaan, want ek was een groot drinker, ek was een alcoholiek. En... Uh, 
Ja, ik heb het gegaan zo'n toe en ik heb nog gezegd dat ik dacht ook aan gaan. Ik geloof niet, ik ga te werk daar survive. Van die stijl waar de mensen leven van die ark en mijn stijl is different. Ik zal het ik aan hanteren. Ja, en hier het my deur gedraag. Pas die hele hele die hoofd van die ministerie na, man. En pas het jullie het my deur dik waters gehelp. Hy was tye wat ek teen het geskop het, maar... Ek was ook tye wat ek syk was, baie baie syk was, op een doodsbed geleed. Wat die ministerie mense vir my in gebed getreed, en God het my uitgelig. En ek gee aan God alle eer. En liefde wat ek kan gee, gee ek terug aan die jaren vir mense soos hulle... Soos paas die heilie en paas die krekele wat my pad gekom het. En alle jaren moet my dinge opgesit het. En my bijgestaan het, hulle het my nooit weggejaag. Gesê, hulle kan my nie help, hulle gee op moet my nie. Hulle het my deurgedra, hulle het my gehelp. Het ek hier strong, sterk woorde vir my toegespreek om my te help, om my te encourage, om dier die dinge te kom. En ja, vandag sien ek het in een beter licht. Ek is net so beindruk met dit wat ek hier voor my sien, jylle te sproeierstelsel en jylle werkbasis op een organische, natuurlijke farming gods way basis. Ja, alles wat op die plaas is, is organisch. My water, ek het 6 boorgate hier so, kom organisch in. Ek probeer so min as moendelik chemicals of iets op my plaas gebruik, want omdat het reeds so ongezond is, alles, alles op my plaas is organisch en alles wat hier geplant word en gedoen word, is dier gebed en geloof. Ek Ons bid in die ochende voor ons begin een werk en ons sê vir jyre dankie vir die geleentheid wat ons weer het om op te staan om iets vir om te kan kom doen. Ja, en ek geniet het. Maar jy het ook een groot, amper soos een hothouse, jy weet, die tonnel is hier so. Wat is alles in die tonnel? Die diezelfde groente wat ek buiten kan plant, plant ek binnen. Maar binnen plant ek die saaikie ook in die witbakke, so as die saad ontkiem en hy begin een groei, en ek het spaasie buiten, dan plant ek hulle uit, as daar nie spaasie is, dan hou ek het vir een rik in die tonnel, tot ek plek buiten het, dan plant ek om uit. Maar het klink vir my, as of jy die voedsel totaal onderbeheer het, en ek geloof dat die heren vir julle gaan sien, wat beteken dit vir jou om so met die grond te werk? Hoe nabij bring het aan jou en die heren? Wat leer jy om te reed jyself? Baie nabij, dit leer vir my elke minuut van die dag om dankbaar te wees, om een sukses van jou leven te maak, en om te sien, een klein saaikie wat God vir jou in jou hand plant, gee, om te groei en te ontwikkel en een groot plant te bring. Ek sê baie, die jyre praat van het in die mosterzaad in die bybel, as jou geloof so groot soos een mosterzaaikie is, kan jy berge versit, nie gewone berge, nie probleme in jou leven. En ek geloof dier dit, om met die grond te werk, die natuur te werk, wat God vir ons gegee het, sit terug in die natuur wat God vir jou gee, en hy gaat vir jou meer gee. En ek voel om met dit te werk hier, sien die jyre vir my meer, ek leer nog meer, en ek wil net al die eer vir hom gee, want het is vir my een plesier om te sien wat God elke dag vir ons doen en gee, en het bring net vir my nader aan die jyre. My boodskap aan die mense, buitenkant in die wereld, en miskien nie in die ark ook mense wat nog die jyre ken nie, is, moet nie hoop opgeen nie. Daar is hoop, as baie hoop, sit jou hoop in die jyre, vraag die jyre om jou hand te vat, en hy gaan het doen, Godse hand is nooit te kort, of sy oor te zwaar om te hoor nie, Hy is altyd daar vir ons, roep hom aan, hy gaat jou vat, hy gaat met jou ran, hy reis hardloop. Ek sê altyd op die donker tonnel, daar is die silverlichie wat brand. Hardloop jou reis wat jy wil doen, en die jyre, jy gaat sukses weer saam met God, moet nie hoop opgeen nie. Want wat hy vir my gedoen het in my leven, wat ek al gevoel het, ek is klaar nou met alles, God het my kom haal, en ek sê dankie vir mense soos die ark, die hoofde van die ark, die pastore, die leaders, wat vir alle jare vir my, met my gesit het, 
Alle het nooit hoop opgegeen nie. God gee nie hoop op u so. My gebed vir hulle buiten is, moet nie hoop opgeen nie. Daar is hoop. En die Heere is daar. Baie dankie. Een groot voorrecht om saam met jou te kon keier hier en uh, op pad met Gilma. Ons was in vore en by die ark. Ga maak draai daar, raak betrokke, help hulle waar jy kan, as die Heere het op jou hart lee. En gaan uh, kyk ook waar jy hulle in die hande kan kry. En natuurlijk wil ek ook vir jou nooi om van jou te laat hoor. Ons wil graag vir jou kom besoek. So, 021-9177-000, boodskap of andersens e-post, gilma at kypulpit, dat sê jou, dat sê hy. En volgende is dit daar by jou wat ons het draai kom maak. Ek raak ook gewonde oor die gemeenskap van hier ek hier die stories hoor. En ek weet dat ons mekaar ook so, dier die jaar, kan inspireer. Die program word sondag herhaal tussen 1 en 2 en sal dan na pot gooi wees net om seker te maak dat jy niks mis nie, en ons so die inspirerende boodskap en vlam van hoop aan mekaar kan aangee. Kyk mooi na jyself. Ons gesels weer volgende week, Deefie. Tot ziens! Hierdie inzet was aan jou gebring met die complimente van Radio Kaapse Kansel 729 AM. Besoek ons gerust by www.kyppulpit.co.za